where, oh, where, oh, where will Baker Mayfield land? And then, of course, we're going to see if we got any more teams we can pour out because it's Tuesday on the Lockdown NFL podcast and your yike of the week. Welcome to the show. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day, each and every day. Uh, filling in for Ross Jackson, who is currently, I'm going to assume, licking various wounds in, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay because he was at the Saints-Bucks game where the Saints had some catastrophic things happen. We'll get there. Um, so filling in for Ross is uh, Lauren Cox, my NFC North frenemy? Rival. Rival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> covers the Bears for Lockdown Bears, and I do Lockdown Vikings. So we're not going to talk about those teams much today, though, because we've got some news. The Carolina Panthers release Baker Mayfield, which, boy, I didn't see it going that bad. <laughs> there was always a way, a, a world where, like, ah, it's not going to go well, and they're going to be flirting with PJ Walker or something, but I didn't think it would be midseason cut. But he apparently requested his release. And uh, they granted it. So Baker Mayfield is now going on waivers. Um, if I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Lauren, his cap hit would not be too bad for a team that decides to claim him. And if it is, then he'll just go through waivers and somebody will claim him after and sign him to a different deal if they want. And it feels like there's a whole bunch of teams that could like really use a guy as good as Baker Mayfield, even though we're not that high on <laughs> Baker Mayfield as a nation. Uh where do you think would the, be the best place for Baker Mayfield to end up in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think it's such interesting timing with him, right? I, I have to think his agent looks around and sees, you know, okay, you know, the Jets are rolling with a backup quarterback. The, the Colts just got schlacked, and maybe they could look for something there. You've got, I mean, the Ravens have Lamar Jackson now week to week with a knee injury. You've got Matthew Stafford on injured reserve, Jimmy Garoppolo on injured reserve, like, all around the league, you start looking around and say, "There's, you know, you don't know exactly who's going to want Baker Mayfield, but there's there's a lot of good options there." I think if you're Baker, you're holding out hope for San Francisco, right? That's the best. That's sure. the best case scenario for you. The best supporting cast, maybe the best offensive system for your skill set. The place where you can go, and I mean, there are people that maybe tongue in cheek are saying, he, "How how funny would it be if Baker goes there and wins?" a Super Bowl even. So, I mean, that's that's the best case scenario of your Baker. But we heard Kyle Shanahan say on Monday that, you know, he, he's like, that'd be news to me if, if we're bringing in Baker Mayfield. He kind of hinted that they like where they are with uh, with Brock Purdy, a.k.a. Big, big blank Brock, as they're calling him nowadays. So big, big rock Brock. Yeah, not big, an R. Big clock that Brock. Brock. Yes. Uh, big sock. The family friendly Brock. show. Big sock. Yeah. Because <laughs> if he's got big he's socks, then you know, he's got big shoes to fill there. So, so, but yeah. then if you take if you take the Niners out of the mix there, then you know it's any anywhere is going to be better for him than than Carolina at this point. Among the season, other than the I Texans, mean, yeah. that's anything's going to be better. So, you know, can you can you get a couple of cheeky wins with the Rams and in a decent offensive system for you and build some 
build some value for yourself heading into free agency. I mean, that's that seems to be a more realistic path unless he just sits out the rest of the year and and you know goes through the QB carousel again next offseason. Yeah, Carolina is in such a dark place. I just hate this for franchises. I feel like I complain about it every week on Lockdown NFL when franchises are in this place where it's like, man, they just feel like they have to get rid of everything before they can start building. And you see teams build from a foundation all the time. But I've been disparaging your Bears a lot over this, the Texans, the, the Panthers. It's just, okay, time to try to be good now. But they've just been in this horrible hellscape for so long. But here's the two teams that jump out to me. I, I think the Rams are interesting because, you know, Stafford on IR and how do they feel about John Wolford? And can they maybe try to make a season out of this, try to sneak into the playoffs? But the thing is, they're sitting at three and nine. I don't know if I'm just let your cap roll over at that point. It's done. And, you know, never say die until you're mathematically eliminated. Right. We're not dead yet. Aaron Rodgers, that whole thing. But uh, that it's it's difficult to justify for me, um, like buying into Baker Mayfield from where the Rams are at. But here's a team that I see some potential for this in the New York Jets. And maybe they're just at front of at the front of my mind because my Vikings just played them, but they're having QB problems, right? I don't know how much they believe in Zach Wilson. They seem to believe in like Mike White, but I don't know. Do we think Baker Mayfield could improve upon Mike White? Feels like he's got a little bit more of a ceiling there. And the Jets are in a genuine playoff push. It's not like the Rams where they need to win out and get a crap load of help. It's, you know, the, the Jets are basically hovering on the bubble of the AFC playoffs. So that sort of infusion of a quarterback talent feels like it could be a good move to me. I think the fit is obvious. It would be nice for him. I mean, after the San Francisco 49ers, it's, it's probably the next best supporting cast of all the teams that we mentioned. And exactly. Good O-line Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Yeah. Brother of Lafleur, so a, a similar style of offensive system that seems to be quite quarterback friendly. And for Baker, you know, rolling him out and getting him out of the pocket and some movement there. But you know, we've heard Robert Sala say the plan is to go back to Zach Wilson at some point and just try and work him through the yips. I certainly don't believe in Mike White as a long-term option there, but it seems like going after somebody like Baker signals something larger. And and I don't know that do they want to send that message of like, oh, we're we're really going all in on not Zach Wilson, whereas it seems Have the message, they not already. Well, the message seems to be like we're going to pause on Zach Wilson and, and come back to that once he settles down a little bit and maybe learns a few lessons here and there. But it's, it's not supposed to be publicly, quote unquote, not supposed to be totally moving away from him. It's just a we're going to see other people for a little while and then get back together. We're on a, our relationship is on sure. a break, but we're not breaking up. We've we've all heard that we've all seen that episode of Friends. <laughs> but like Baker Mayfield like a new boyfriend. And it's like, well, you're not supposed to get a new boyfriend. Yeah. You're just supposed to date Mike White for a little while and then come back to Zach Wilson. Just, <laughs> good. Dave, don't don't go get a quarterback that's that's so sexy you might want to leave Zach Wilson forever. Don't do the, that. The irony of going to an older, sexier option for Zach Wilson. That that seems to be yeah. what he likes. A little to experience, go to. you know, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh and the irony would not be lost on any of us too, of it being the Jets of all teams that get another 2018 quarterback in the room as Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold have had this weird, like do do relationship as they bounce across the league. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they are giving up on Zach Wilson, 
and they're just giving us lip service or if they genuinely are doing, cause I mean, that's been the line, right? Is, oh, it's a reset. We just need him to work on his fundamentals, blah, blah, blah. But that's like, that's not a good sign. No, that's not something. I mean, the, the crash cart is out here. <laughs> so I, I don't know what sort of confidence would be left to preserve. Uh, if you're going to hit pause on Zach Wilson, plus, I mean, with Baker, there is no need to like go out and commit to a long-term future with him either. You know, I mean, he can just be somebody who finishes out the season for you while your quarterback has the yips and, you know, your other guys like Joe Flacco and Mike white. Um, but I don't know. It feels like that's the only team that has that perfect confluence of actual chance at the playoffs and need at quarterback, which you don't get a lot because most teams who are happy with their quarterback or most teams who are making the playoffs are going to be pretty happy with their quarterback. That's why I feel like for Baker, like if either of those spots don't come through San Francisco or New York, then playoffs are pretty much out of the picture. And it's where can I rehab my value? Where can I use these last five weeks of the season to show other teams that I'm good or still good and can still help you win football games so I can get that next contract in free agency next offseason? Where do I want to audition? Yeah. And I think Indy could be an interesting place for that. Um they're you know pretty clearly gonna have to move on from matt ryan soon um that looks like the they, best honestly for that from that perspective or texans quarterbacks i mean that's that's their mo it's like yeah. everyone's been wondering what's the next retread quarterback they're gonna bring in baker fits the mold he does it the mold that would be extremely an extremely funny move from jim Irsay, who has made it pretty clear that he's done with this retread old old guy veteran thing but in a lost season for the last you know five games of it bring him in see what he's got let him go and then you're right back in the situation you would have been i i don't hate that for them um hey listen we have some speaking of lost seasons we have a little bit of pouring out to do or maybe not do we'll talk about it and of course we have our yikes of the week coming up these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You just go on to LinkedIn, post your job for free, and you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your own LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple screening questions and tools that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. I'm on LinkedIn. Luke's on LinkedIn. You might be on LinkedIn too. Plenty, mo a lot of people are on LinkedIn. It's how you can be surprised find if you weren't. Yeah, exactly. At this point, it's almost a must for most job seekers. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. All the biggest games, all the biggest stories, all around the wide world of sports every single day. Find it wherever you find your favorite shows. So, Lauren, here on Locked On NFL Tuesdays, uh, we have a little tradition where we've kind of spent every week talking about teams that are, are we ready to say goodbye to them? Teams we're ready to pour one out for. We have uh, 
poured one out for several teams. Many of the teams that are already, you know, Texans, your bears, Broncos, Rams, you know, teams that are at the bottom of the standings and, uh, or if not, you know, mathematically eliminated, we've already done those. Here's some of the teams that we have left that are sort of on the cusp. So you tell me if any of these teams are worth pouring one out for and saying it's over guys. See you all in 2023. Uh, we have not yet poured one out for the Falcons. We have not yet poured one out for the Chargers, the Browns, the Patriots, or any of those teams that are sort of at the bubble of that AFC wildcard race. Any names among there that you feel we're ready to say goodbye to as a 2022 season? It's tough because like some of, a few of those teams don't feel like playoff teams, but they're, they're still like mathematically right in the mix that, you know, you never know if things turn around. Like, you know, like I look at a team like the Atlanta Falcons, right? They're, they're five and eight. They've lost two games in a row. And in their last five games, their only win was against a, a really bad Chicago bears team that almost beat them. Like as much as we've seen Atlanta play better than we saw at some stretches early in the season, they're really not, playing particularly well and they're losing these games and they still have to play saints ravens cardinals buccaneers over the last four weeks of the season and like it doesn't feel like a team that is playing like a true playoff quality contender team and yet you know in that nfc south they're in second place and like a, a full game behind or i guess uh, two games now behind the buccaneers after monday night football it's like they're they're still right in that mix and tampa hasn't looked particularly good so like it doesn't feel like Atlanta's good enough to be like that playoff team. They're certainly not a contender, but at the same time, they're they're so mathematically right there in the mix that it's it's hard to just write them off. I mean, same thing with the Patriots sitting at six and six. Like they've lost a couple of games now in a row and haven't looked particularly impressive at their quarterback situation, but they're they're still kind of right into it. So like I don't know if I'm ready to like completely say no, pour one out, they're absolutely done so, but it it feels it feels like we're certainly trending in that direction and right on the precipice of, of really kind of pulling the trigger there. Yeah. And here's the thing on all that. Like, yeah, they're all going to be mathematically in. And if the Falcons find a way to win out and end up nine and eight, you know, and then they get the right help or if who knows if that, that might even win the South, right. With the way that these NFC South teams are playing. And I, so I get that that's there, but like you said, they have to basically carve their own way out. They have to go beat the saints. They have to beat the, the Buccaneers. They have to beat the Ravens. They, they've got a lot of stuff that they have to do here to make it back. And it's stuff that I just have not seen the, the Falcons prove that they are capable of doing. So for me, I'm ready to say goodbye to the Falcons. I think that the, I honestly, I think the NFC South was one right now tonight on Monday night football with the bucks coming back to beat the saints. I think that's all it's going to take. Cause I just do not see a big surge really in those Falcons. Sure. They could, but I don't think they're going to. <laughs> it, it feels weird that a impressive comeback 17-16 win by the first place team in the division over the last last place team in the division, barely beating them, is, en is enough to be like, yeah, you know what? Sure, that's that's the side. I'm, I'm not even disagreeing with you. It's just it, it speaks to how wild that division is. That like, yeah, it, it, it's so of, close. It feels that way that they are really close, and yet it, it feels like because they're so close, the margin of, of error between like every Buccaneers division win there really puts that much more pressure on the Atlanta Falcons and drives the Saints that much farther back and, and is that much more of a boost forward for Tampa that feels like, yeah, like and plus it's Tom Brady. We kind of all expect that when push comes to shove, 
he's going to keep his team in it and be able to have comeback victories like this that aren't pretty and don't leave you feeling like they're some kind of Super Bowl contender, but gets the job done and those wins still count the same no matter if they're by one point in a, in a miracle comeback. So if you're Dallas, um, and by the way, we have th- this is that's it for the NFC South. I, that's basically me saying I think the NFC South got one because we have already poured one out for the Saints. Ross did that weeks ago. Um, and the Panthers have been long gone. But so if you're Dallas, who is looking at a clean path to the five seed, right? Unless they can actually win their division and, and maybe go get up into the up into a home game. But if you're Dallas, you're looking at traveling to Tampa Bay and playing that Bucks team that can make something happen. Even if you've kicked their butts up and down the field on offense all week, and then, you know, three minutes to go down two scores, 16 to three, they haven't done anything. And suddenly they can explode and beat you. I don't know. How do you feel about that Tampa Bay team as your, your first matchup going to play on the road there for wildcard weekend? Yeah. I, I wonder if Dallas might be double digit road favorites by that point, or at least touchdown road favorites in that situation. You know, if, if Dallas is finished, you know, finishes what, you know, 12 and five or, or 13 and four, you know, depending on how these final few games go. I mean, they played Houston and Jacksonville among the remaining games. So there's going to be a few more wins on their schedule. Like it feels to me like Dallas might even be close to the second best team in the NFC as the fifth seed with, with Jimmy grapple out for San Francisco and, we don't need to get into the are the Vikings that good debate uh, in this platform. <laughs> like, they're, they're, the Dallas is in that conversation with them as like second best team. And so, yeah, I'm always scared of Tom Brady in any situation in the playoffs. But like that's as, as far as Dallas goes, that's the, the best five seed you're scared to face in the playoffs in maybe the last, you know, I, I don't have a, a list of five seeds in front of me, but it feels like as dominant of a five seed as we're projecting as we've seen in years in that playoffs. Kind of reminds me of that one year. I want to say it was 2008 when Chris Jones or Chris Johnson and the uh, Titans. Yeah. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, and they won that division. And then you had Peyton Manning's Colts in the wild card round. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's that's how it goes. And I'm pretty sure I, I think the Colts may have actually lost that game, that first game, because now you got to play on the road and on the road in the playoffs, even against a team you're better in, then it's always going to be hard. But we're a long, long, long way away. From those conversations, a lot of football left to be played. The NFC East is by no means a foregone conclusion. Um, And there's still a couple of tough games, including a game between Dallas and Philadelphia that will have a ton of impact on this conversation. Um, But here's the deal. I think I'm ready to pour one out for the Atlanta Falcons. I, I apologize right now, Ross Jackson, if you're hearing this. I'm so sorry I did this without you because I know you would really enjoy it. But that's where I'm at. Uh, we still have to get to our yikes of the week. So, uh, you know, think about something that made you say yike. And we will just get one singular yike. Un-like. That, or un-yike. That's, that's all it's worth. All the effort it's worth to you. So think about your yike. And we'll talk about it in a sec. I'll tell you the opposite of a yike is some of the new podcasts coming out from Audible. They are putting out some really cool football content for you. And our episode of Lockdown NFL is brought to you by our friends at Audible. They've got a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. And and you'll be able to find them uh, with a sneak peek of them on Lockdown NFL right now with a sneak peek of Block Forever. It's a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. 
He's giving you, the football fan, an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. He's sitting down with star players, coaches, former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, taking you inside the locker room, into team meetings, and back at team hotels. You'll hear Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football. You'll hear Juju Smith-Schuster give his most honest opinion about other players and positions across the league. New episodes of Block Forever are recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday night football, available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. So check out here on the Locked On NFL channel a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts, available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. All right, Lauren, let's uh, let's talk about some stuff that made us say yike. I'll start uh, with the one from tonight, Monday Night Football. The New Orleans Saints I already kind of talked about it. They th- that was an epic collapse to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now we get another chapter in, you know, Tom Brady's list, long list of magical feats to come back with like three minutes, two scores. He did it. Um, but the Saints inability to kill clock when that's kind of all they needed to do is so jarring <laughs> at the pro level and that particular sequence i'm actually going to give it to i'm going to give my yike to mark ingram who goes out of bounds on a second down run stopping the clock setting up a third and one so not only does he go out of bounds he doesn't reach the ball over he doesn't actually convert it so now it's third and one saints call a passing play incomplete clock stops Bucks win with like eight seconds left on the clock. Awful, awful stuff. Uh, <laughs> that that gets a yike from me. I, so covering the Vikings, the, this huge like through line of the Vikings has been, and this big emphasis from Kevin O'Connell has been situational masters. Be aware. Everybody should be aware of the situation. Everybody should know. And they spend like a lot of time in meetings drilling. It's second down. We're ahead by this much. What do you do? Um, making sure that these guys know not to go out of bounds in situations like that. And they're 9-0 in close games. And if you ask Kevin O'Connell, and somebody did just today, he says, that's not an accident. That's because we practice those situations and we have that advantage on the margins. And a lot of NFL games come down to those margins. And that's sort of part of the strategy. So watching the Vikings, who have been very sound in those situations, and then just looking at a guy like Mark Ingram, who is a, what's he in his eighth year in the league? I mean, he's a vet's vet. He's got to know better than that. To have that kind of whoopsie gets a yike from me. <laughs> that that kind of whoopsie. <laughs> well, I, I I think for me, th- there's no bigger yike than what happened to the Indianapolis Colts in the fourth quarter. And or maybe I should just say what the Indianapolis Colts did because it didn't just happen. Fourth quarter them. meltdowns. Yes, uh, it, it doesn't get much worse than that. And it, it's not as though that we necessarily thought the Colts were were going to win that game. I mean, they had it within two entering that fourth quarter, but, but the, the combination, right. It's like, okay, first, like last drive of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, Cowboys score a touchdown, extend their lead to nine. Okay. Whatever. But then it's Colts fumble on their next drive. Cowboys score Colts throw an interception on their next drive. Cowboys score Colts throw an interception on their next drive. Cowboys score Colts fumble on their next drive. Cowboys oh, score. four straight touchdown drive. I think actually, I think there was a, there was a drive. There might've been a drive between there, but I mean, Five, four straight drives that ended in turnovers for the Indianapolis Colts that led to four straight touchdown scoring drives, not even field goals, right? If you held them to a field goal a couple times, 
you could you could have a little bit of dignity in there, but it, there's just there's no excuse for scoring that many or giving up that many points in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't purely just your defense was bad. It, it was it was a combination of the two. It was your offense giving them the ball back and then your defense being unable to hold them to even just a field goal in those moments, let alone make a real stop on those drives. And it's just it's it's what we expected the Jeff Saturday experience to look like from the very beginning. And we finally kind of got to it. Yeah. And here's what I will say about, cause I went off on those. So I, I do the uh, Minnesota football party also on the lockdown network, uh, an ensemble show about the Vikings. And on that, we have a similar segment called party fouls. And that was my party foul for uh, the, the same reason. You just can't let it, let that happen to you. And I don't think the answer is to play it more conservatively or something, right? There's no difference in the standings if you lose by one or if you lose by 30. But you've got to be better than throwing, than turning the ball over four times in four drives and then letting up four scores. And then like worse than that, you know, a lot of people dog the Vikings for losing to the Cowboys 40 to three. And that's a bad game. That was a horrible, that was a terrible showing. The Indianapolis Colts were one touchdown short of accomplishing that in a quarter. <laughs> I've never seen such a disaster. It's like when you when you turn the difficulty settings too high on Madden and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know anything about what I'm doing. And that feels kind of like where Jeff Saturday is right now. It feels like after the either, you know, maybe the second the first interception, like the second turnover is when your opponent has disconnected from the game and you just you- <laughs> It, they just quit. Right. They turned their PlayStation or their Xbox off and did not want to play the rest of that quarter. And it was just like one after another after another. And it, and it wasn't even like, you know, like three plays into the drive. Like a few of those turnover drives, it was like a seven play drive, a six play drive, a four play drive. A, you know, like it wasn't just first play fumble, first play interception. Like they would get a little something going almost like, OK, Colts are climbing back a little bit or moving the ball a little bit. And then nope, here we go again. And it was just uh, like Benny Hill music playing yeah. volume in the background. I will say the the one thing I can respect about this, so you, when you see a team getting blown out, a lot of times you'll see them sort of turtle up. And not that they'll start playing super conservatively, but they'll start kind of calling it vanilla. You know, they'll put the twos in. They'll kind of start treating it like a preseason game. And I kind of get it. You know, hey, we're not going to win this game. Let's not show any of our other fun tricks or anything. Let's not show any other cards. And let's just start calling the staple plays that everybody already knows that we run and at, you know, work on our fundamentals a little bit or something. Like, let's use this last quarter to try to get some positive momentum going into next week so this game doesn't feel so bad. Um, and that just is not what happened in that Colts game. They just kind of kept trying to push and push and push. Uh, Matt Ryan just kept trying to like push and push and push. And I kind of respect the never say die attitude of it. But man, it, it felt like they're deep less. So, you know what I mean? Like, cause what was a couple of breakaway Maybe, runs yeah. in there that Tony Pollard, went a 30 yard touchdown run. And they let Malik yeah. Davis break off a 23 yard touchdown run. Like you're right. Their offense was still firing downfield and trying to get some kind of points and have some pride in, in, not just rolling over and handing the ball off three times and punting, but like, man, that defense looked like just a, a sorry group of, I mean, they were, they were trying, but they just were just, like you said, it was like a Madden, you turn on Madden at too high of a difficulty and it, they just have no answers. Yeah. Uh, very rough times for some teams. The playoff picture is, I feel like a lot more solid than it usually is by this time of year. Usually we've got, 
you know, you've got your teams that have sort of super fallen away, but there's still like 11 teams in each conference that could make the playoffs. And I feel like we're down to like the top eight in both conferences. And it's like, all right, somebody's probably going to be nine and eight and not make it here. We'll see who that is. But otherwise, you know, this whole NFC South, we kind of know only one team's coming out of there. The Rams are gone. The Colts are gone. All these teams are totally gone. We've poured out quite a few teams here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Don't forget to check out Locked On Sports today. After you're done listening to this for Lauren Cox, I am Luke Braun. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.